Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Joining me now, he is a Super Bowl champion. He is a two-time Pro Bowler. He is in the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame. And now uh, he's he's like me. Well, not really, but he works in the media. That'd be Mr. Roman Harper, former longtime Saints safety. Uh, good morning, Roman. How's life, man? Life is good, man. I'm, I'm blessed, man. I just finished working out. Um, gonna go take my wife to to lunch, you know, and uh, and then try and accomplish and, and win in a couple other factors of my life uh, throughout the day. So it, it's good, man. I really can't complain. I, I live way too good of a life to ever really sit up here and whine and cry. It's just well, way worse things out there than me. Do you still like work out the neck hard? Like, I mean, you still when I see you on the SEC network, I'm like that dude just works his trap. I don't know what he does, but the the <laughs> neck is still there, man. The the thing is that. I don't do neck exercises. I, I think it's hilarious because people have known me because of like my larger than life neck, uh-huh. but it's really because I got a small head. I, I think that's what it is. <laughs> um, but yes, I still do some trap work. I never work out my neck, but it has, um, I got pictures when I was in high school and it wasn't that big. And all of a sudden I look up and I'm like, dude, I, I have no idea what happened, but it's something definitely happened. It, uh, it did grow. The, the gray hair and the neck were like, you know, some of the trademarks of Roman Harper, and they still are today. Uh, before we go farther, man, what's your, what's your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? Uh, I, I don't know if the, the correct title, but I can give you a couple of lyrics from this. You got to fight for your right to fight. That one. That, 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 yeah, that, that's, I mean, you said it. Fight for your right. That's the title of it. That's the one a lot of folks go to, you know, that don't listen to them a lot, but it's, Kind of an iconic song, right? Um, one it that- is, very much so. And I was a little young when the Beastie Boys was out, but my oldest brother loved the Beastie Boys, and he always bragged about how great their music was. And So I, I'm, I'm hip to it a little bit, but I don't have just Beastie Boys playing in my headphones. Well, I, I wanted to have you on this week. It's Super Bowl week. Um, you know, memories of, of your Super Bowl and a little bit about what you're doing today. But one more thing before we get to it. I talked to you, last time I had you on was – kind of the early portion of the pandemic when everything was shut down, there were no games. Uh, I think you and your wife, maybe you were expecting your fourth child. And um, I, I told you at the time, we were kind of reminiscing about your career. And I, I said, I was like, look, Roman, I'm not, I don't tell this to every guest I have on that played for the Saints, but I feel like you belong in the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame. Well, you got that call uh, since the last time I talked to you. You are in the Saints Hall of Fame. What what was that honor like for you? Because if I remember right, I think you told me at the time, you don't know if it was going to happen, but it's something that would mean a lot to you. Uh, You know, it, hey man, amazing how times change. Uh, it, it wasn't a great honor, and, and it did happen, and I wasn't shocked, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm all blowing smoke up my own skirt, but, you know, with some of my other teammates that won, that were on that Super Bowl team, like my career was better. So I figured I would get in at some point, especially being a part of the Super Bowl team. But the biggest honor and take back that I got to have from that experience was sharing that with my kids, you know, because they don't know daddy as, you know, this football player or this baller. Like they only know me as dad. Like I haven't really played football. You know, I've been retired. This is going on my sixth year. My son is five years old. So, uh, and my baby boy is 18 months. So they don't really know that side of dad. And my old, my younger daughter is only seven. So she was just a little girl as well. So they don't really know that side of dad. 
So actually getting to share that with dad, to actually be mem- uh, memorialized uh, and get those flowers while I'm still living and actually have my kids sharing those moments. And also a lot of my friends that I've made here in Charlotte came down to New Orleans and got to see what it was like to be around Roman Harper in New Orleans where, you know, I am treated differently. I am treated a little bit like royalty at times when I walk around all these people recognize me, like you said, because of my gray hair and because of the things and how many years I spent in the city and how many great friends I have there still remaining. And so when I get to go there and have my, my friends from Charlotte actually see that part and that side of what my life is like in a different city and have them all revel in it and, and really get to enjoy it, it was really, really fun. And that's what I got to, the, to really take from it. And that's what I enjoyed the most out of this whole experience was getting to share that with the people I love and sharing that moment with them. I don't really care about myself as much as, um, especially about me getting all the recognition. It's more about them sharing in this special moment with me. Roman Harper, our guest, you, um, you, you do work for the SEC network now. How, I know you did some work for, I think WDSU covering the saints for a little bit before that. How much, I, I know you, I know you're tied into the, to the college football scene very much. Are you still following the saints pretty closely or the NFL as a whole? Of course. I mean, I'm always I'm an NFL fan. So, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts so on um, going into football? Because my love for the football for football is all through the NFL. So, what's your what are your thoughts on the promotion of, of Dennis Allen as head coach for the Saints? Well, I, I'm, I'm I'm happy for Da. Uh, I knew Da wanted this job. I know he wanted to get back into the head coaching role. Um, I'm excited for myself personally because now I still got the green light to come into the building whenever I want. So, uh, and it's not a brand new overhaul or regime. Uh, the infrastructure for New Orleans is still in place, intact, and I think that's going to allow them for a quicker run at success without having to completely rebuild or tear down stuff. Uh, the players and everybody in that locker room will have a sense of, okay, this is normalcy, nothing really too crazy or different. Um, a lot of the same coaches will still be able to stay in their place and still be able to be good. Uh, my only question, not really concern as much as a question, would be, well, is D.A. still going to try and call plays on defense where we see some head coaches still call plays on offense like McVay and some other coaches? But he has such a unique skill set that he's gotten so good at calling games. There's something about calling the game, the rhythm, the flow, understanding where you're at down in distance. And can he actually have that balance of understanding where we're at in the game, what we're trying to get accomplished as a team, and keeping that first and primed and ready, but then still being able to call a heck of a game and still having your defense really show up? Because at the end of the day, the one thing that's been consistent the last two or three years from the New Orleans Saints is the defense, not the offense. And D.A.'s been a really big part of that. So I'm I'm really happy that he got this promotion and that he's actually going to have the opportunity to win and, and be with the organization that's not just in chaos or that you're just trying to rebuild from nothing. Yeah, it um, typically when a coach leaves, you know, on their own and isn't fired, a lot of times you'll see places sort of promote from within, try to keep it together as best they can. And I guess that's the challenge. But you know, you know Dennis Allen well, right? You call him D.A. He was your secondary coach uh, when you guys won the Super Bowl. He was your D coordinator for your second stint with the Saints there in 2016 in your final season. What what makes him, in your opinion, a great head coach, and why is this go-round? I mean, I've I've talked about the reasons I think it'll be different than it was in Oakland and some of the obvious ones, but you you know him better than any other guests we've had on. Like, what makes him, in your mind, the right guy and in, in, in why you think you'll have more success this go-round as a head coach? Well, he's super smart, number one. He knows exactly 
everything. He's well studied. He understands the moments, the situations, and he's well thought out and prepared at everything that that that's going to be you know presented as a problem. That's the thing that I love about DA the most, especially as my DB coach was. Hey, when they come out in this formation, they line up in this stack. They're going to run these two things, and I want you to play for X and blah blah and this and, and this for down and this, and I want you to play for this. And if they do something else, be a great athlete and react to it. And that's what we did. And we had a lot of success doing that. He was so dialed in to what it really took a lot of studying and honus off of the players that now we could just go out there and play. And I know you don't get the same hands-on type impact on players when you're the head coach. So I'm really looking forward to see how he continues to grow in that aspect of it. I'll be excited because I've never seen D.A. as a head coach. I've only seen him as a position coach and as a coordinator. So I get him in those two lanes. This is just a third lane that I just have not seen before. So it's really hard for me to say what all he's going to do as a head coach when I haven't seen it. So I'm really excited, just like everybody else should be, that you know this guy, you know who he is. I'm really excited that because bringing in D.A. does not disrupt the organization. New Orleans Saints is a functional organization. No matter who's there, because the organization is functional, you're going to have a chance to win. 20 teams in the NFL are at some type or form of disarray or dysfunction at any point in time. That's 20 organizations. So that leaves you 12 that actually have a chance to win year in and year out because they're functional. Like, people don't understand – it's not just about players and coaches sometimes. It's about all the other things that make up an organization that gives you a chance to win. And when you're one of those 12 to 14 organizations that are actually functional from top to bottom, you're going to have a chance to win and be in the playoffs year in and year out. And that's who they're at. So I like that that part is not being disrupted. And now we're just putting in DA and sliding them up in there into the coach's position and happy for what he'll be able to do going forward. I, I knew the job was either going to come down to Dennis Allen or Aaron Glenn. Those are my two picks, and I'm I'm just glad Mickey made a choice between those two guys. Good stuff, Roman Harper, our guest. Uh, I want to go back to your Super Bowl experience, Roman, and let's start. I my my memory might be off, so if I if I mess something up, you can correct me. But I know you were a oh, pro. Good. I know you were a Pro Bowler in '09, and the Pro Bowl that was the first year they took it out of Hawaii, and they had it down in Miami a week before the Super Bowl, and you. What, Goodwin, Drew Brees, a couple other guys, you know, Jari Evans. Um, I'm missing a few, but they were they were pro Will Smith, maybe they were pro bowlers, and you guys went correct me if I'm wrong, you guys went with Coach Payton ahead of the game? Like you didn't travel with the team to Miami, is that right? I, I don't think Coach Payton went with us, but yeah, we all went the we went the day before and got to go to the Pro Bowl. Uh the rest of the team got there on that Monday and we got there Sunday. Was there like a morning? Of, of the Pro Bowl. Was there a part of you that, like, I mean, obviously you're not playing in the Pro Bowl, but it was your first one, so you're being honored. Was It's the Super Bowl. Like, was there a part of you, uh, at least you weren't by yourself, there was a few of y'all, where you kind of like, man, I, it's the Super Bowl. I kind of wish I was traveling with the team right now. No, not at all, because I got to go to Miami, and in my mind, I was like, dude, I'm in the Pro Bowl. It's my very first time being honored. We all got to go out there, and, you know, luckily we had some other guys that had been there before, and getting to go into the locker room and see all these other great players that I looked up to my whole career, and now all of a sudden I was in the locker room one. I had the same gear as them. that I, They were representing me because we were not playing and that everybody's looking at us like, you know, we're the, man, we're the, we're the big dogs in the room because we're not able to play. But we're here as representatives of the NFC. We got to go out. They called our names out. 
um, for the New Orleans Saints as a team and, you know, introduce every single one of us. Uh, it was a, definitely a special little time then. You know, we didn't even stay on the sidelines. We we went up top and, you know, had a couple of drinks and watched the game and cheered for the NFC because if the NFC won, we still got a bigger check. So that's what we were rooting for. It didn't happen. The AFC won that year, but – it was uh, it was still made it all worth it, and not only that, but then we got to hang out after the game uh, and do some other things because, of course, you're in Miami, and who doesn't like to hang out in Miami? So it was fun just because uh, in the following morning, Sean wanted to do all the things. We had all the Pro Bowl guys. Um, I guess he got it from Bill Walsh, uh, where the Pro Bowl guys or whatever guys that were already there to kind of like welcome guys in um, as the team rolled in on that Monday. Yeah, you guys dressed up like you worked at the hotel or something, and Sean. Yeah, something he, like that. He, he was some, some of us literally. I literally just strolled into the 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 hotel uh, that morning of uh, from partying in Miami. I literally right before the team got there, I just walked into the hotel. So, uh, you know, we don't have to share everything, but I guess I kind of did already. My bad. <laughs> you, hey, look, you you knew that like once Peyton got there, his he was just going to focus entirely on keeping the guys focused on the game and not, you know, sort of enjoy all the extracurricular things that come with a Super Bowl, but don't go overboard with it, right? We're here to win. And I guess you kind of knew, like, I wouldn't say the calm before the storm, kind of the party before the storm, right? Um, you're like, I got I to gotta take advantage of this before we get down to business this week. And Peyton, you know, I guess there was maybe one night where, where Jermon and a few guys were out past curfew. Uh, what was... Do you remember, like, what was curfew like that week? What was, how did Sean Payton just keep you guys focused on, look, we're not, we're, we're not here to have fun. We're here to win a football game. Well, number one, there was no curfew. Uh, he treated us like men the whole time and understanding the situation and what we're getting ourselves into. Um, there was no curfew early in the week, same as always. Uh, we treat you like men. Um, and we had did that in previous places, like in London when we went in 2008. That was another situation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we all hung out. But that team was – that's who that team was. That was that team's personality. That's what made that team so unique was that we hung out all the time during the season, during the off season, on Monday, on Thursday, on whatever night. That was, like, what we did. So, come Monday, I mean, what was the, the best place to be on Monday on South Beach was Club Bed. So, that's where we all were at. So, it was another – classic turn up for the 2009 New Orleans Saints team because that's just what we did so it wasn't anything out of the ordinary uh the only thing out of the ordinary was that we had a big media obligation on a Tuesday normally our day off and uh guys had to get up early in the morning and not everybody made it so um I mean it was cool I mean I kind of was late too but I wasn't as late as others because I literally I was trying to help one of my teammates and then after that I, I got him and we just we literally took a taxi right behind the bus. We like, here, follow that bus. And we peeled it right behind him. So we, we got there with a decent time. It wasn't that bad because nobody cared about us being late because it was like eight other guys that were later than us. So it was cool. It makes for a great story. It helps sell Sean's book because nobody cares if you lose the game. But the fact that we won the game – and we had this crazy shakeup in the earlier part of the week. It just kind of builds for the whole story. Yeah, that, that's what I was remembering, uh, guys being late. Not so much curfew, but I guess it was, it was media yeah, day. It, no, it wasn't curfew. It was, you know, it was for picture and media day. When yeah. John got all mad and blew all, a whole bunch of smoke and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and all we did was we came right together right after Sean had his little whatever, his little blow up. You know, he has to show that he's powerful and he's a coach. 
And Drew just all got us right back in the huddle, man. And some other leaders are like, hey, look, this is what we do, guys. Like, don't worry about that. I trust and I love every single one of you guys. We ain't worried about nothing. This is just what we do. And that we're going to be locked in and focused, ready to go on Wednesday, just like we always are. And we're going to go out here and win this game on Sunday. And that's what we did. You were supposed to recover the onside kick the way ambush was set up. I mean, everyone remembers <laughs> Morstead and Chris Reese, who who lives here in Lafayette now, a uh, great guy. Yeah, that play is kind of. I, I look, great. Chris. Chris worked hard and and he played in the NFL, so this isn't a knock on him. But like, well, that that recovery is like that's like you know I'm not gonna his claim to fame. It it sounds like I'm I'm putting down his career, which I'm not. But that recovery sort of set him up in a big way. Like, he's the guy that recovered the onside kick. Like, he he speaks. He does youth ministry. He does, you know, he does a lot of stuff and does stuff for a church. And it's like, when you're the guy that recovered it, so I like to think of it, Roman, is even though you were supposed to recover the fumble, it's kind of like that game against the Rams when you ran out of gas and you said, no, I just didn't want to score a defensive touchdown because they want to run up the score. I was being sportsmanlike. I feel like you were just doing Chris a favor. You wanted to give him that gift. Well, we should thank uh... – Hank, uh, whatever the dude's name is. Hank uh, Basket, right. Yeah, because, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't ready. It bounced off him. Chris was actually going to block him, right? So Chris was supposed to block him, the outside guy, and I'm supposed to swoop in right afterwards. Timo didn't hit his perfect kick. And, like, Hank, like, hit it, and it ricocheted off of him and went right on to Chris. And Chris just was, happened to be going at him to block him. And I just dove right on because, I mean, we knew it. It was just me and Chris. We the first ones on it. And I just dive on top of him to make sure he doesn't get it ripped out. And we're literally, you know, our face masks are touching each other just like, he's like, I got it. I said, I know you. Like, we're like yelling at each other. Like, I know you got it. Like, we're holding on to it. So I'm holding on to Chris, and he's holding on to the football. And it just, I mean, you never know what that moment's going to be like. And uh, for us to, you know, when Sean came over and said he was going to make that call at halftime, we're so worried and focused about stopping Peyton Manning in the offense. We don't even hesitate to think like, oh, man, is this a good call? What is this the right time? We're just like, yeah, man, just call it. Like, come on. Like, we practiced it for like 10 weeks, it seemed like. Every week we practiced this kick. I never had not recovered it. I never had any moment where I didn't trust Timo to, you know, maybe didn't have the perfect kick every single time, but he was really good at this kick. So, and he's the only person I've ever seen be able to do it. So, like, let's do it. So, um, we were ready for it defensively. We were ready whether we need to. We didn't recover. We still need to stop Peyton and those guys. That's all we were focused on. Um, but to call the kick to to for it to work out the way that it did, uh, nobody really was expecting it. But I'm just so happy, man, that uh, I was there for that. And you know, I made the picture frame. Uh, so um, when you look at it, Chris has the ball. I'm right there with him. So it's just kind of funny you look back on it and. Those little small moments, you know, it's the very few things that I actually remember from that game, and that's one of those things uh, that you remember. Well, you led the team in tackles in that game, for one, so i got to give you props on that. And, you know, it was it was uh, Saints win by two touchdowns, but it was a close game up until the Porter pick six. Uh, I've talked to, you know, various teammates of yours, and I've asked you about it a little bit. Sort of when, when that moment happens, when you're a Super Bowl champion, you know, Pierre Thomas – uh, I've talked to him a few times. I remember he was sort of in the locker room and he was he was kind of shaking a little. He was so overwhelmed by the moment and it was like he talks about how the moment wasn't lost on him. It was he was totally in it, right? It was like this culmination of life and this dream he had and here it was and 
you know, I've talked to other guys that are like, man, I was just partying, man. I, they gave us some robes. I was just running around dancing. You know, I, I remember you in the locker room. You were wearing some of the, like, not the beads they throw at Mardi Gras, but the kind they sell, you know, the panhandlers sell that are, like, gigantic. I mean, you were you were in your element, Roman. I'm just seeing it from afar, right? I, I like, watch game like, later in the week because I was at the game. But when I got home, I was like, let me see how these guys celebrate it in the locker room. Was it was the moment for you just, like, did was it, were you able to sort of appreciate, I guess, the gravity of it? Because you talk so much about the Super Bowl, and some guys are like, man, it happened so fast. That was like it came and went. What was it like for it, you? It did happen really fast um, because I had a good game. So, you know, literally they pull you out, you know, as soon as we get off the field. I'm celebrating my mom and my dad, just a special moment, uh, sharing that with them on the field and just at the confetti and just, you know, I remember when the clock hit zero. And I'm like jumping up and down like uh like a little kid, me and Vilma, like and like right there in the end zone, just jumping up and down, jumping like can't believe we did it. Like, you know, for your whole life, man, you work so hard in football and it never gives you the result of like championship or that, you know, you work so hard, like, you know, and eighty five percent of what you do in football is all about failure and not achieving your goal. And you work so hard to get that ten to fifteen percent of like the joy in which football gives you, which is wins, championships, Super Bowl runs, playoffs. Like, that's what you work towards, right? And so when you get to those moments, the air is so clear, and I don't know if you actually enjoy it as much as you should. And when you look back on it, you think you probably would enjoy it more. But, you know, right after the clock, you know, after celebrating my mom, I go in there, they have me on the podium, I'm talking. And then I just remember I'm sitting there, and one of the guys, like, throws me the beads because I was like, man, talk about we're about to go back to New Orleans. We're going to celebrate Mardi Gras. And he threw me those beads. So that's why I had the beads. I didn't, like, come with them. So I had the beads on. You're right. I, I did all my interviews with him. And one of the best things I felt afterwards is that you don't have to apologize. You don't have to say great things about your opponent. You don't have to, like, you know, worry about bulletin board material. You literally can say, like, no, we're the champion. We beat everybody. Nobody's better than you. you. Are literally the world champion. There's nobody in the better in the world that's better than your team at that moment. And so, that's something that uh, is really surreal at the moment. Getting to celebrate in that locker room with those guys, everything you've been through, and you've probably never seen a group of happier guys than what you'll see in a Super Bowl locker room. It's just really, really cool. And uh, getting to share that moment with those guys, with that team especially, because that team was special. Like, not only were we hardworking, we were grinding. Wasn't the most talented team I've been around in New Orleans. But, man, like, we partied and we were one of the closest groups you could ever have. And that's what really is so special from the coaching staff to the players was the how close we truly, truly are. And we're still brothers. We still are together. And when Joe Vitt would say those words that, you know, when you win together, you'll walk together forever. It's so true because that group of guys are – we're like family forever, and our families are like family. Two more questions for you, Roman. We appreciate the time. Roman Harper, Saints Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, two-time Pro Bowler, our guest. You can check him out on the SEC Network as well, at Harp41 on Twitter. Uh, check him out on Instagram as well. So do you still do – you, do you, when do you wear the ring? Most guys I talk to say, I don't really wear the ring. It's just somewhere else. Do you ever, do you ever, where is the Super Bowl ring now? I mean, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. But <laughs> it's just, no, it's not, it's not with me. I don't even keep it here um, at my house. And um, I don't ever wear it. 
I wore it when we did like a reunion and that's really it. I mean, it, it barely fits my fingers still. Like, so it's it just, I don't know. It, it, you get it and you put it up and it's, it's like life insurance. You don't ever need it until you really need it. But some people actually wear their ring. Like I see Vemma break it out when he's doing his TV sometimes, you sure. know, sometimes it's good to flex on him like that. But me personally, I don't really, I don't really do that. I might do it if, you know, Maybe we get some championship runs here and there. I'll, I'll break out a ring or two. All right, last question, man. Super Bowl 56 this Sunday. Uh, who do you like in the game and why? Um, look, the Rams are the more talented team. Um, but Cincinnati's been the least talented team every week that they played in the playoffs. So, except for Las Vegas in the first playoff game. Um, so, it's going to be a great matchup. Um the Rams literally have Hall of Famers on their roster all around that on the offense and defense. So Matt Stafford's playing like a Wiley veteran right now. He's taking care of the football. He's got two great wide receivers in Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham, who Odell has turned into a fantastic teammate. And I'm just really glad that he's been able to rebound from what all the naysayers have said about him, including also Matt Stafford as well, who's all of a sudden now coming to turn into what they would say a winner, which everybody pegged him as a winner. He just was in Detroit for too long. Um, but he would also get in his own way sometimes as well. And he's not doing that right now. So, and defensively, the Rams have star-studded players. They got Hall of Fame talent. You know, two of them, first ballot guys in Bond Miller and Aaron Donald up front. Then you also have Jalen Ramsey, who's on the trajectory to be a Hall of Famer as well. Um, so the Rams, they're locked and set. Eric Weddle as well. If Eric Weddle comes back and wins the championship, my man's got a chance of getting in. And I'm a huge Eric Weddle fan, one of the nicest guys, a competitor compete against him many, many times. Um, love that dude. So uh, kind of room for him personally, but him and Odell to win a chip. But Joe Burrow on the other side, man, I mean, talking about somebody with an offensive, just explosive weaponry. Uh, you know, they got Boyd, they got Higgins, they got Jamar Chase, who's really just dynamic player on the outside. And then, you know, you got Joe Burrow, who's the, the ultimate competitor, the ultimate leader, and just has some sense of swag that you just cannot measure. You you don't understand what it is, but you just know this team is going to play hard and he's going to give you a chance. It's something about when you're playing defense and on the other side of it, your mindset, as long as I get the quarterback the ball, we got a chance at winning this game. And I, that's how Cincinnati truly feels. I see it. I sense it. I've been on those type of teams with that type of quarterback, and that's really hard to beat. And uh, Joe Mixon's another great player that does so many great things for them offensively. And also I'm rooting for my boy Von Bell over there. Uh, he and Trey Hendricks, uh, former Saints player. So it should be kind of cool. I don't know who I'm actually I'm – I'm lying. I'm, I'm picking Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going with Joe Burrow and those guys. I would just love the story to continue and uh, give the city of Cincinnati something to root for that they've never had before. I'd be sad. I'd be happy either way. I don't really have a dog in the fight. But, I mean, if I had to pick, I would go Cincinnati. Hey, you've seen what it's like when it's a city that – you know, the football team is, is the king in the city and they've never won a championship before because at Cincinnati, the, the Bengals are the king. I mean, they don't even have, you know, they have the Reds. I say that. And the Reds are pretty, you know, pretty popular. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. But I mean, they were great in the 70s. Right. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a while, to your point, right? And so it's like the Bengals, that's, you know, but prior to January 15th, the last time they won a playoff game, O.J. Simpson was was doing the post game on the field. Like, that's how long it had been. And now they're right there on the cuff. So I'm with you, man. I, I'd, I'd be very happy for the city, for those fans, and uh, I hope it happens, man. Look, I appreciate you taking the time, Roman. Um, 
It's good talking to you. It's great catching up every couple of years. I enjoy the work you do on the SEC Network. All the best to uh, to you and the family, man. I'll, I'll let you get to it. I know the wife's probably waiting on you, but appreciate the time, man. Continued success, and uh, let's let's do it again in a few years. Let's do it, man. Uh, just always reach out, man. I'm always here for you. And it's something special about winning a championship for a city, like you said, that's never done it before, uh, because you are uh, memorialized forever, right, and, until it's done again, which at this rate, it doesn't happen too often. Just look at New Orleans, for example. So it's really great, man. Thank you. It's really hard to achieve. So good luck to all of them, and thanks for having me. You got it.